welcome to the Product Ops Podcast, or POP as I like to call it, with me, Jerisha Nadaraju. This podcast explores all things Product Ops, from how it is defined to hiring for the role, as well as challenges faced. You will hear it all from diverse voices across this emerging function. I myself am a former Product Ops lead who set up this function at a leading UK fintech startup. And I think that product ops is going to be a significant driver for product-led growth in companies going forward. That's why I've partnered on this podcast with the fantastic people at the Product-Led Alliance, who are a collective of product-led leaders committed to driving growth and success through a product-first approach. On today's episode, we are welcoming the fantastic Kevin H. Sakamoto, who is currently the Director of Digital Product Operations at Dollar Shave Club. Kevin is an insatiably curious product agent, divergent thinker, and mentor who evangelizes solutions rooted in data. He has over 12 years of experience in product management and leadership roles at companies such as Target and Lululemon. I thought Kevin's move from senior product management roles to product operations in mid-2020 was really interesting, and I can't wait to hear more about it. Kevin, welcome, and thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on to the show. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> thank you. I mean, you've got such a wealth of experience, and I think what's really interesting, and I, and I definitely want to dive into that a bit more, is, you know, you've worked in product management for so long and, and have now decided to sort of move into product ops, which is a very new field. So um, that's that's quite unique, I think. Yeah, it's, it's exciting, and I can't wait to talk more about it with you. Uh, and Kevin, where are you joining us from? From uh, Los Angeles, California. Very cool. Um, I'm here in London. Um, it's fairly sunny today, which is quite exciting. Um, so yeah. Kevin, for those of uh, people who may not be familiar with Dollar Shave Club or what they do, um, can you give us a brief explanation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dollar Shave Club uh, was founded in 2011. Uh, by our CEO Michael Dubin, and uh, it what really kicked it off was you know this famous or maybe infamous commercial that you could find on YouTube. It has like 27 million views, um, and we are arguably uh, the original disruptor um, in in the razor category uh, with our, our direct to consumer offering. Uh, we like to say that we're here to help you look, feel, and smell your best. Uh, through our, our shaving, shower, skincare, and other products. I did an MBA, and I, I'm pretty sure one of the case studies we looked at at some point had to do a Dollar Shave Club, so that's quite cool. So, Kevin, where, I, I guess, what does digital product ops look like at Dollar Shave Club? No, that's a great question. It's, it's sort of a little bit of everything, um, but if I could sort of categorize it, I would put it into four Four buckets. Um, okay. you know, the first of which is um, you know, engineering and road product roadmap planning. So owning uh, the process and the roadmap and the communications and everything that comes with uh, the, the the roadmap. Um, the second would just be cross-functional, you know, orchestration. Um, you know, any any company at a certain size, you know, has to at some point work with different stakeholders and different teams. Uh, and you know, this is where that role comes in to help facilitate and orchestrate, you know, all of that work. Um, the third is site analytics. 
Um, it seems to be, you know, fits nicely uh, within product operations. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and lastly is uh, just general strategic, strategic support, excuse me. Um, you know, because this role has such a broad view of everything that's going on in the organization, or a lot of things, I should say, um, being able to support leadership, you know, strategically is, is what this um, role relies upon. But honestly, it, you know, it, it's a catch-all position um, that, that sort of soars across elevations, all different elevations in the company. Um, in, in any given day, I, would, I can go from writing a JIRA ticket to checking in on a product team in the middle of a sprint to you know, refining the roadmap and, and the privilege of participating in, in meetings with the CEO and other C-suite members. Uh, I mean, wow, that's like such a, it, it resonates a lot with, with, with things that I've looked at both in product ops and it sort of feels like business operations. And, and I know that that sort of type of role or any operational role really is, you know, it has a really broad remit. And also, I really love the fact of you sort of explaining some of the things you do, which is, you know, it could be really in the detail, or it could be almost like zooming out and having this bigger picture view of what's going on in your organization. Yeah, I'd imagine just like you, that there are some days where it's hard to just, you know, context switch, right? Mm. You're in the middle of, of a Jira ticket and all of a sudden you're asked about this thing that's, you know, maybe happening six months from now. <laughs> how do you, how do you manage that, Kevin? Uh, I just usually sort of take a moment, you know, to say, okay, wait, let me finish up what I'm doing, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing, just so that I can properly give the attention to what it is, right? Otherwise, I'm going to just always be thinking about the thing that I was last doing because it's not not done. Yeah, I mean that is uh, that thing of having like lots of open loops uh, and not closing stuff up, or, or or having you know work in progress and and leaving something and going to the next uh, is is really difficult. So I mean that's mm -hmm. that's a great habit to have is to actually finish it. I'm not always successful, but I, <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> um, Kevin, how did you end up in product ops? Um, and, you know, was Product Ops at Dollar Shave Club something else before or, or did it naturally sort of just become Product Ops? Mm -hmm. You know, at the time, um, Product Ops was, was folded into uh, the role of the VP of Product. Um, okay. And, you know, he was, yeah, he was tasked to do, you know, a, a little bit of everything. Um, and it got to a point where he realized that he needs to carve this out. You know, he did do a little bit of research and, and he realized it was a thing, mm -hmm. uh, thankfully. And, um, you know, he, he got the approval to carve it out. And uh, when I was, you know, speaking with him and interviewing with him at the time, you know, what was, was really exciting was, you know, were two things. One, that it was new and, and you yourself as a, as a you know, product, uh, you know, operative yep. sort of, we we like new things, right? Yeah, you know, we yes. like to tackle, <laughs> yeah. You know, we like to tackle these new challenges, and so I was immediately attracted to that. To that, and and secondly, um, you know, it it afforded a broader view of of product. You know, I've I've been doing it as as you mentioned for for more than ten years now, and uh, I I love product management, uh, but I also like you know to learn. I'm I'm constantly consuming new bits of information and looking at this particular role um, where it had that broad view where I could, you know, work with other individuals across the company was terribly exciting. 
And Kevin, can you tell us, I guess now what I'm really interested in, I'm probably going to ask you lots of questions about it, is around this move from product management uh, sort of leader to to product operations. Because I hear, you know, what I've heard a lot of and, and even I've seen is people sort of moving from product operations into product management, but not so much the other way around. So I guess to start off with, can you tell Tell me a bit more about your previous background in product management and, and what were you doing before you got into product ops? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've been extremely fortunate um, to have served various product and leadership roles, you know, with some recognizable brands um, early, you know, in, in their product journey. Mm. Um, when, when I joined um, Zappos, uh, which is an Amazon subsidiary, um, you know, they were, I was an early hire, if I, if I recall correctly, I was probably product manager number four there. I, I, it, I honestly can't remember, but I know it was, it was pretty early. Um, and you know, the the role at the time was just product managers apples.com. So it was it was purview, you know, over the entire site, um, and it was it was pretty broad. Um, and, and at that point, you know, I realized that I need to hire people stronger and smarter than me, um, and, you know, in, in very specific roles, uh, which mm-hmm. is thankfully what I did, you know, and, and, and uh, so products sort of grew at the same time that I was there too. Um, and, and at Target, uh, when, I, when I left Zappos to join Target, um, it was sort of what you would kind of expect from large corporate corporations when they're getting into product. They, they take a lot of their, you know, business analysts um, and they did you not know, turn them into product managers. So I was one of the early external hires um, to, to target. Um, and even though that was more of an individual you know, contributor role, um, it was really eye-opening because I got to work at a huge corporation. Um, I don't think there are any targets in, in, in the UK, but um, it's a beloved brand you know, here in the States. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm currently, well, I guess I'm currently watching the series called Superstore on Netflix. And I know they mentioned Target, Target quite a bit <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a rather um, addictive experience. Um, yeah, you know, and, and then from, from that point, you know, I was really learning how to navigate, um, you know, corporate, what product management looks like in a corporate setting. Um, and then after that, I was asked to join Lululemon, um, which, you know, is, is a global brand. So yeah. it, it was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting there because, um, again, product and the digital side was sort of brand new. They were just sort of doing e-commerce without having, you know, this formal structure. Uh, so having served as, as the director there um, also meant sort of like in my role today, getting into Jira tickets and also working in strategic meetings. So it, it sort of spanned, you know, uh, multiple levels within the org. I guess. So what skills from from being a product manager do you think sort of you still use and serve you best in product operations? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great question. I would. I would definitely say uh, there, there are three hard skills um, that I use. You know, one is, is being very analytical. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that analytics sort of product ops, notwithstanding, <laughs> um, you know, being able to support um, not only product managers, but, you know, the business overall, right, in terms of here's what the site is, is doing, here are some basic web analytics, and being able to double-click uh, a little deeper, you know, into that. So just having that analytical thinking and, and familiarization um, with analytics platforms. Um, the second is is 
just communication. Um, so within product management, you know, we're we're very used to communicating between engineering, designers, QA, and maybe a few external stakeholders. So how you deliver some, you know, topics and, and agendas, um, you know, differs, right? Your your style. Yeah. Um, the the yeah. Um, and it's it's sort of same here, where you know you have to work with legal, supply chain, customer service, marketing. So being able to you know modify that message, right, uh, matters. Um, the the third is is negotiation. Um, you know, being able to negotiate, you know, you know your objectives and what you want across different stakeholders, and that's that's true for for product and product ops. Um, and then I think the two other things I would I would say one is sort of just this macroeconomic view, um, being able to sort of understand what's going on, you know, in the economy um, around you to understand, you know, how that influences business strategy. Um, and related to that, the last thing I would say is just this insatiable curiosity. Right? You always have to be learning. You always have to be understanding what's going on in the world around you um, and, and outside of your industry as a way to, to not only, you know, spark curiosity, but just, in, you know, influence that sort of macroeconomic view. That's great. Uh, thank you, Kevin. I mean, I think the, some of the skills that you've mentioned there are so crucial to the role, um, especially when it comes to communication. I know that um, at least when I was looking at product operations, it was such a cross-functional role and we ended up having so many stakeholders within the business um, besides just the the product organization. So I think being able to sort of flex your your communication skills is key. And then Kevin, do you think and I guess this is what I was touching on earlier. Do you think that product ops is a gateway to product management or vice versa? Like, I mean, would you encourage people to be moving into product ops from product management? Uh, you know, this, this might get me into a little hot water. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, before I would, I would say, you know, product management is, is like, best job ever and, yeah. and when yeah when um, I would be running interviews you know from you know very talented UX you know agents or analysts you know analysts or, yeah. or whatever engineers whatever right I would say oh yeah you know I'm product is the best right um, it's never the same it's always fun you know you get to do amazing things uh, and then now I'm actually going to say well yeah product ops is, is the best um, so I I think it's 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 vice versa. I think that product um, management is a gateway um, in, into product ops, and and I say that um, be, mostly because I think of the two areas. You know, the first being, um, in order to, and I've only been doing this for a year. You're you're obviously a lot more experienced, you know, than, than I am. Um, so I would love to hear your thoughts on this too. But I'm I'm not that um, much more, but yeah. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I think understanding the, the struggles and aspirations that, that product managers have to go through is, is important, right? In, in order mm. for us to be, um, you know, advocates uh, for, for product, um, we need to understand sort of what, what they go, go through on a day-to-day, on a week-to-week, on a quarter-to-quarter basis. Right? Um, and, and the second area, I think, is understanding, you know, what fuels and what drives engineering and product. Um, mm. it, it's never just, hey, go build this, right? It's, it's always about, it should be about, hey, we have this problem, right? Jadisha, yep. 
try and find a way to solve this mm, and mm. giving them the, that freedom uh, to sort of explore new ways that you never even thought about. Uh, and that's where engineering and product loves to, you know, really go after things, right? You can see their, their passion. Um, and it's being able to represent that passion, to express that passion in a way that leadership can understand, right? Because if, if, one, if leadership says, hey, we need to do X, Y, Z thing for Q3, and we want you to build, you know, one, two, three features out of X, Y, Z, that's not going to work. For, for engineering and product, right? So being able to sort of guide the conversation to say, what if we did it this way? Here are the clear problems to solve, going back to that analytics and macro thinking, right? Like here's yes. what the numbers I'm seeing, here's what's going on in, in the economy, you know, here's what I think uh, the direction we should take. So being, again, being that, that advocate, um, it's a long way of saying, you know, I think, you know, product management is a gateway into product ops, but I, I would love to, you know, hear your thoughts on this too. Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we've got different backgrounds because I am not a product person. You know, I, I was operational and I was coming from, from business operations. So I guess for me, it was kind of exactly the things you're touching on. I, I had to learn and it's quite a steep learning curve if, you know, you haven't really been working in product and, um, my role in BizOps was very much sort of like uh, top down and, you know, looking at the whole company and sort of big picture and not like in the weeds on the ground with, with product and engineering teams. Um, so I think for me, you know, one of the first things I did was, was sort of embed myself within a product team um, as product ops. And so I was, you know, in standups and had Jira tickets on the board and sort of was just I guess, in a way, immersing myself in product. Um, and I think for sure, I guess what you talk about there is, I think if, you're, if you are someone who just has empathy and you're able to like put yourself in the shoes of other people and understand where they're coming from, um, th that is important. So I think you can definitely flex into that. But, but if you've been a PM before, I think that, you know, that's even um, better because you can uh, very quickly understand, uh, you know, how they're thinking about things. So, yeah, and, and, and I think, though, coming from an operational background, for me, the thing that you said is so true around, um, I think in ops, you also think about solving problems. <laughs> so most of what you do or what I used to do is I'm just a problem solver. So, you know, what are the key challenges within the business? Um, put me on it. And, and how, how do I think about solving this? Mainly from, I guess, the viewpoint of scaling and efficiency and um, I know people like to use the thing, you know, bringing order to chaos, but I think it's just around <laughs> having better, you know, better alignment and better communication and, and uh, less friction when, when you're actually um, creating a team or creating a product. Um, so, yeah, I, I can understand uh, some of what you're saying, but definitely coming at it from, from a different point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I'm, I'm going to use that order to chaos line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think uh, in startups or tech companies, you can never bring full order. So like, you know, there, there was always a, a certain level of chaos that will always exist. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just reducing the friction that 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 is going on within there. Yeah, and um, I think that's sort of like the dichotomy, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. Go, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that's like the dichotomy of the role, right, is where 
we sort of want to design these processes and, you know, provide structure and order, right, to, to mm, certain mm. things so that we can survive in the chaos. <laughs> that is that is very true. And, and it's hard sometimes. I think one of the things I also learned very early on, not, not just in product, well, actually, maybe even more, more in product ops is that, you know, you can have the best process in mind and you can think that you've, you've figured out the way that you want to fix something. But, you know, if you can't implement it or, you know, people, it's not a process that is easily usable by, by others mm-hmm. and they adapt it and will adopt it, then uh, it's almost useless because it's not going to work. So it's definitely thinking about what is the best process for your team that you're working with and for you know i think there's there's a short term view and there's a long term view because often you you're going to need to just improve things very quickly yeah i i love that yeah. <laughs> um Kevin, I guess, do you, how, how do you think you've sort of, we've spoken about how the sort of product ops and product management actually maybe overlaps a bit and, and some of the complementary skills, but in your mind, how do the two jobs definitely differ? Like what are the key differences? I would say scale, I think, um, mm. you know, with, because you're, you're sort of doing the same things, right? When, when, when you're looking at a problem to solve, when you're finding creative ways to, to, to do it, when you're negotiating with your stakeholders, you know, to, to make sure that we find an equitable solution, you know, at, at the core that exists, you know, in, in product ops, but in a different scale, right? With, with product managers, you know, we're very used to, okay, I need to solve this particular problem. I need to grow email addresses. I need to increase the, the step conversion, you know, or add to cart rates or, or whatever. And, and we have the tools and assets available to us to make that happen. For product operations, I think it's, it's the same approach. Like I need to, uh, you know, optimize our, our roadmap planning process. I need to create a number of consumable and digestible goals, you know, with our, within Google Analytics and dashboards so that it can be used by, you know, engineering to product to the chief financial officer, right? Mm. Um, so it, it's really then, how do we go about doing that? Oh, I need to interview, you know, our customers, which could be the CFO, could be engineering, right? I need to test out different dashboards. I need to test out different approaches. I need to find communication styles. I need to, you know, pivot my approach if, if something's not working. So I, I think that the, the approaches are the same. And as I mentioned earlier, some of the skills are the same. It's just we're working on broader problems than just, and not to minimize, you know, when I say just add to cart rates, right? <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's just broader than just a, a single thing for a, a month. Yeah, I, I think that's um, kind of how I, I see it too. It's, it's almost like, um, I saw product ops as, you know, you're the operational counterpart to a product manager. So you almost, you know, you're both maybe running alongside each other, but you've got different focus areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, so in your current role, Kevin, and the way that product ops is set up at, at Dollar Shave Club, um, do you currently interact with product managers quite a lot? And, and how do you tend to work with them? 
Yeah, so product ops sits um, within the product organization. Um, mm -hmm. So right now, um, myself and the director of product management, she and I both report to the VP of product. Okay. Um, my interactions are mostly with uh, her, the, the uh, director of product management. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I do sort of ping the individual product managers when there's a very specific question um, at, at that time. So, yeah, we, you know, we have our... Um, you know, team meetings and, you know, as we're rather small, so we, we have our sort of group standups just, just to see what we're doing it. Um, but most of the time I just work directly with the director of product. Okay. So it's sort of almost like this um, higher level product org type um, structure where, where you're sort of sitting and fitting in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and yeah, Kevin, I guess if, you, if you're able to share, what are some of the key challenges that you're facing uh, in product operations currently? Wow, I, th I think we're going to need more than half an hour. <laughs> you're, you're not the first guest to say that. So <laughs> it's, it's good to know everybody feels the same. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great deal. I, okay, I can't wait to listen to all your other interviewers. <laughs> I mean, if you just um, have to pull one, one, you know, one or two, what, what are the main ones? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, I would say um, prioritization you know, mm. it is one, um, you know, because this is a catch-all role, right? Um, yeah. Because there's, you know, it could be something completely out of the blue uh, <laughs> that they ask you to, you know, go and solve. Um, so it's being able to prioritize that, um, you know, with everything else that you have going on. And, and the second thing um, I would say is just, you know, I'm, I'm a team of one. Um, and oh, I think wow. that resonated. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was expressed during the uh, product operations um, summit, summit that, yeah. Uh, you, you, yeah, that you spoke at, you know, where some of the other uh, speakers said, yeah, they're a team of one. Uh, so if, if, if I had to distill it down to just those th two things, I would say, you know, participation and just me being a team of one. Yeah. Sort of, you know, being stretched, basically. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think uh, lots of people I've spoken to, you know, have started off their product ops journeys being, you know, a one person team um, and are setting it up and, and figuring out, you know, what are the focus areas, et cetera, before they think about scaling the team or getting more people on board. And Kevin, I guess on, on the flip side of sort of the challenges, what have you, have you found any tools or resources that have been most helpful in sort of like navigating your approach? product operations in general or or your current role oh resources i would i would say a, a good cup of tea and some chocolate uh for sure um <laughs> so, so navigate my daily role yeah. but um uh, aside from that you know confluence for sure um mm -hmm. you know being able to i mean you know because we have to communicate right to to so many stakeholders yes um you know having confluence there and then even just knowing how to organize it you know it's it's not enough just to have confluence but to organize it in such a way that you know everybody can can consume that mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll be honest like one of the challenges i have is finding out that not everybody has confluence in our organizations yeah uh, what do you mean you don't have access you know <laughs> Um, and then we, we're, a, we're a Google shop. So, you know, we use, uh, you know, uh, Google Docs and everything. And I found mm -hmm. just being able to um, collaborate there, add notes and, you know, you know, ping others has is, is been a very, very productive.
Amazing. Um, definitely agree with you. Uh, we were actually using a tool called Airtable uh, when I was looking at product ops and we got it in to try and create this sort of like single source of truth for product knowledge because, you know, we had so much of information flying around um, and it was great to have it, but, but like you're saying, it's also making sure that it's, it's usable <laughs> and user-friendly and that people can then actually find what they need on a tool and they know how to interact with it. Right. Um, Kevin, I guess, what are you, maybe we've covered it already, but I'd, I'd like to just ask again. So what are you enjoying most now about your role in product operations uh, compared perhaps to product management? Yeah, um, I think from, from the role perspective, you know, personally, what I loved about product management was all the stuff that happens before writing Jira tickets. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the negotiation, it's the discovery, it's digging into the data, you know, it's, it's designing, working with designers and knowing that you're sort of shaping the, the future of whatever product you're, you're doing, right? Yeah. Um, it's not that I didn't like to write Jira tickets. I just enjoyed the the stuff that happens before. And and I would say that's one thing that I absolutely love about product ops is I get to do all that stuff right on a much broader scale. I get to, you know, again have the privilege of of, of meeting with uh, some of our members of our C suite and talking about things that may or may not happen six months, nine months, twelve months from now. Um, you know, work with our VP of design to think about, you know, what the future of, you know, XYZ looks like. Um, and yeah, you know, I do write Jira tickets from time to time, but it's really contained within, you know, my scope of Google Analytics or, you know, creating something in someone's backlog. Um, so yeah, you know, one, one thing I would say is just sort of that, that broader view. And, and that's just me personally, uh, one of the things that I love. Um, and the second thing I would say is, is that no two days are the same. You know, I, I, I wake up and I think, okay, I'm going to do, you know, these two things today and that's what I'm going to accomplish. And then at 10 a.m. in the morning, I'm thrown in a completely different direction. And while they may seem a little frustrating, it's also exciting because you never know what to expect. That's that's great. You summed it up so well, Kevin. I think um, I think for a lot of people who are in these sort of like operational type roles, the uh, variety of your day. And I think some people might see it as just frustrating, but if you're somebody who enjoys, you know, taking on different challenges, then it is actually always exciting. And um, and Kevin. Finally, I mean, I could chat to you for a very long time because you've you've got such amazing insights, but. What what advice do you have um, for anyone sort of currently in product management um, thinking about moving into a product ops role? Well, first off, like, you know, hang on for the, a wild ride. So make sure you got your seatbelt <laughs> and your, your neck restraint. And, <laughs> um, but I think one of the biggest struggles I've had um, and, and me being very analytical, right, mm. is sort of being able to measure your level of success and your contribution. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. and, and as a product manager, you can have your OKRs. Yep. You have very clear things that you want to do. And you could say, okay, I achieved 85% of my OKRs for the quarter. Yes. Um, and I realized here, like after three quarters, the OKRs that I start off with, I don't even look at because a month <laughs> in, they're completely different. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, I mean, that's so true. Yeah, so I think you just sort of have to, you know, get ready for it. Let let 
let that part of you go as a product manager mm. and, and just trust that you are adding value. It, it, you just won't see it in Google Analytics or whatever dashboard you're using. Mm. I guess, Kevin, I mean, I don't know if you figured this out yet, but are there any sort of signals that, that you are getting that show you that you're adding value if you had to just think of, of a few that, that are coming through at the moment? It's interesting you mentioned that. I I was just thinking the same thing and and talking to my colleague about that mm. um, two weeks ago, right? Because we were um, in the middle of of our planning process and um, for for Q two and Q three. So I have this very long sort of planning process, um, and because of some again sudden shifts in in the wind, and I was pulled away, you know, to focus on this other thing that needed my attention. Um, I sort of let the planning process sort of go by the wayside just for a couple of weeks. Mm. Um, and what I found was that the the product teams were sort of organically contributing to that already. Um, not not to the degree that we're we're sort of used to, but you know they were naturally contributing to it. So I didn't have to remind them or I didn't have to say, here's what we need or or what we need to do. And and the, the planning process by by no way you know by no means is is perfect right now. We're constantly iterating on that. But I think the work that um, if if I could you know pat myself on the back a little bit to say that I I added and contributed to refining that process sort of manifested in in those two weeks where they were able to do things on their own. Amazing. Yeah, I think. That, I mean, first of all, I think I could definitely do a whole episode with you or, or others on just product planning and roadmapping and how, how people are tackling quarterly planning because um, everybody I've met says it's not perfect and they're, they're always trying to iterate to make it better. Um, but that's great because I think that's often also what, at least when I was looking at product ops, we were trying to do is, is you put in place the structure or maybe the processes but ultimately mm-hmm. what you're trying to do is almost remove yourself from the equation so that stuff mm-hmm. can sort of run, you know, w- without you having to be there or manually doing things. Um, people just adopt it and, and naturally or organically do, do the stuff that's required. Um, so that's a, that's a really cool signal. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Kevin, um, we've actually reached time now, but yeah, I I could keep chatting for a while. I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your insight and experience with us on the Product Ops podcast. Oh, it's been such a pleasure, Julia. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And Kevin, if anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, you could just find me on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, It's just search up Kevin H. Sakamoto. There are to Kevin Sakamoto. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to put a, a eight, you know, my middle initial in there to mm-hmm, help mm-hmm. separate the two of us. But yeah, you can find me there. Awesome. Okay. So thanks for joining us and take care. You too. Thank you. Thank you.